The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Well, hello and welcome to Fearless, Fabulous You. I am your host, Melanie Young, and you're listening on the Women for Women Network. That's W4WN. Uh, and, of course, I'm podcast permanently to iHeart and other major platforms. I want you, if you're joining me to for the very first time, I want to say welcome. I'm so glad you are. And if you're coming back, thanks for joining me again. As you know, my mission is to inspire women to live purposeful lives and live their best in their health and their outlook in life. And we all know uh, during this month of May, um, I'm sorry, during this month of April, 2020, we all are working very hard to take care of ourselves and live our best lives um, while we uh, weather through a global pandemic. Yes, Uh, but um, we're not here to discuss that. We're here because it just so happens that the month of April also marks, are you ready for this? It also marks the 50th anniversary of Earth Day, the day we want to honor our Earth and remember that Mother Nature is our gift, and we need to honor that mother with giving back and caring for the Earth. And this show is dedicated to that um, on Earth Day in this April. And we're going to start with a very uh, stunning woman, young woman, both physically, uh, mentally. She's got brain. She's got beauty. She's got purpose. She's got talent. And she is the official Miss Earth USA. Now, I bet you didn't even know there was a Miss Earth USA. I didn't know there was a Miss Earth USA until I received some information about uh, Libby Hill, who uh, is this year's reigning queen of the earth. Uh, She's Brilliant, and I love the fact that she is studying uh, dietetics right now at the University of Texas at Austin with the goal of going into health and nutrition, which, of course, is very important to me um, being from the food world. Libby, uh, as the reigning Miss Earth USA, is using the title to promote her platform of coastal preservation and to educate future generations about the importance of sustainability. Well, we know right now it is more than ever. And I I talk to people all around the world in my other role as a writer uh, about wine and climate change is top of mind in the food and wine world. And we all need to be more respectful of the earth. So I'm welcoming to Fearless Fabulous You, the stunning, the talented, the purposeful Libby Hill, Miss Earth USA. Welcome. Hi, Melanie. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I um, first of all, congratulations for uh, your honor. I know this takes you to like the Miss Earth world, right? Next. Um, so that pageant has actually already happened. So oh, okay. um, yeah, I'll be finishing out my reign until July. That's when the next national pageant is scheduled. Well, I want to share something with you. I actually, I'm from the South. I'm from Tennessee. And I've always had great respect for pageants. I don't call them beauty pageants. I call them purpose pageants. I love that. Thank you. Because I have a very good friend in Chattanooga who's a mom. She was just named Miss Something Mom. I don't know. I didn't, I don't know all the pageants, but she put herself through school through pageants. 
And that's where she got her advanced degree in education. And she's continuing right now to raise money and awareness for the American Heart Association. So that's why I call them purpose pageants. And your purpose, of course, is the earth and sustainability. And you're studying, you know, you're studying right now at, at the University of um, Texas at Austin. Um, tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up in your current role and why. Yeah, so I actually, I didn't grow up a pageant girl. I, my entire pageant career, I learned about a little bit later in life. And then I did it in one year, which is really unusual. A lot of people are lifers in this game. Um, I actually was a math and science tutor. And one of my tutoring clients, her mom was in pageants when she was growing up. And they were like, Libby, you just, you have to do this. You have to figure it out. So it was my last year of eligibility. And I said, okay, universe let's listen, let's take a shot at this. So I started at Miss Texas USA thinking that it was a one-shot deal. And I just absolutely fell in love with the process. I placed top 15 in that competition, kind of my first pageant out of the gates. And so after that, I was hooked. I started looking into other pageants and Miss Earth USA is 100% my home pageant. It was built for me. It was already, um, you know, it aligned with my passions, with my service work, and kind of the way I was already living. Let's talk about its mission, because um, we're here to talk about supporting the earth, and it is called the Miss Earth Pageant. So what are some of the philanthropic programs involved with this uh, organization? Yeah, so the mission of Miss Earth USA overall is to inspire and build up young women to be environmental advocates, as well as leaders in whatever industry they want to pursue, um, to become influencers on environmental topics, and really just provide every opportunity to get connected with modeling jobs and events and media, uh, and build up some boss women. So I know y'all are all about that here. That's uh, right. Yeah, our pageant system is built up of what we call beauties for a cause. Mm -hmm. um, so that's basically building women to feel beautiful on the outside, be beautiful on the inside, and then also make the world a more beautiful place for our future generations. And a few ways that we do that, uh, we when we're actually competing in the pageant, it's unlike any other system in the sense that we require social media education and the delegates actually going out and organizing community events and volunteer activities and participating in service projects before they even show up at the pageant stage. So those are all scored components and it makes sure that these girls are really committed and living the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And then the last component, kind of the philanthropic program, there is a branch of the pageant. It's a 501c3 called Beauty Beyond Borders, and that helps throughout the year to fund mission trips and environmental projects. And so the contestants are also raising money for that as well. There also is a scholarship, a Beauty Beyond Borders scholarship program, um, which I think is really great, a lot of fundraising incentives. So I, I think it really helps um, create women who are purposeful and passionate about giving back and serving. And, and really to me, the most beautiful women in the world are those with that attitude. I truly believe that. Um, you are going to be graduating when from, uh, from your university and what so do you I'm plan actually, to do? I'm actually in my clinical rotations right now, which mm. looks a little bit different given kind of the climate of our world right now and dealing with the coronavirus. So I'm currently doing telehealth to complete the rest of my clinical rotation. And then as a dietitian, I want to practice working with 
people with eating disorders or people who maybe just struggle with their relationship to their food and their bodies? Well, a lot of people have <laughs> relationships, struggle with their relationship to their food and bodies. Some overeat, some undereat, some are fearful of food, some too obsessed with food. There's so many, you know, dietetics is now more than ever uh, a great career path. And if I were to do my career over again, I was a little younger, I would go through what is a very strenuous and I know it for a fact because I have a lot of friends who are RDs being from the food world. It is a very <laughs> strenuous program. It's like getting your PhD in dietitian and there's different levels. So kudos to you for doing that because it is a great career path that will endure throughout every age and stage of your life. Um, I think it's very important. So let's, it's, you know, we're talking about preserving the earth and what have you learned and what can you share through your studies in uh, nutrition and dietetics uh, in terms of how we can eat more sustainably? Yeah, so there, man, when it comes to dietetics, it's been this really interesting learning experience for me. The more I learn about sustainability and environmentalism, the more I realize that there's room for it in, um, in my future practice. And yeah. so... Obviously, you don't have to be a perfect vegan to be eating for the environment. Usually the things that are good for the environment also happen to be really good for our health. So that means eating more fruits and vegetables, mm -hmm. making sure that we're not wasting food, taking home leftovers in your sustainable packaging, um, and you know, just really being conscious about what we're eating and researching the carbon output that goes into what you're eating as well. So that's something that I hope to incorporate in my practice because I think when people feel good about the decisions they're making for the planet, it makes them more motivated to make those decisions, even if maybe they can't motivate themselves to do it for themselves. Well, you know, Libby, you're so right. I mean, you know, food waste, I've just uh, recently done some shows on this. And, you know, the USDA estimates that 30 to 40 percent of the food supply is wasted. That's about 133 million pounds. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other issue is obviously pesticides are an issue. Um, and, and food safety overall, we've had, you know, aside from the coronavirus, which started as a food safety issue, as we all know, because it was it, it emanated from a place uh, where uh, in a wet, what they call a wet market in China, where people were buying bat wings to eat. Don't even go there with me on how gross that sounds. Mm -hmm. um, but we have to think about how our food is sourced. We have to think about that as well. And food safety will be very important um, for everybody, but in particularly if you end up working with, um, and you will, and I have, anyone who has autoimmune um, illness, which unfortunately is about 60% of women, um, at some point, everybody needs to think about the source of their food, how that animal was raised, those plants were nurtured. Uh, the source of that shrimp, it's very important. Um, and, and I'm a big advocate. I don't know about you. I like um, uh, uh, Monterey-based uh, seafood aquariums, uh, Mar uh, Seafood Watch. That's a very good app to learn what uh, fish is sustainably uh, fished and what to – they have like a green caution and red light uh, on what to consider. And I also, of course, like the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15, um, mm -hmm. which is a really important list. Um you know, eating disorders are a big problem with young girls, and I'm sure you probably know a number of women, sadly, who um, are pageant competitors who may have 
an eating disorder or an undisclosed one. When I was a young girl, um, before, uh, just as I was about to hit adolescence, I went through my pre-adolescent chubby phase and somebody suggested, and this is what set me off into my eating disorder. We were at uh, Sears Roebuck and the salesman suggested that we shop in the chubby's department for me. Mm. And I stopped eating for like a year. I just went cold turkey. Um, you know, how do you think it's important and, and what do you say to someone that may be struggling with an eating disorder? And I know you're still studying, but I'm, I'm asking you as someone who has that pressure to look beautiful and perfect all the time. Let's just talk about, first of all, the myth of perfection and how to deal with that in your head. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, it's definitely still studying, but I'm also coming from a place where I myself have been through recovery. And that was mm-hmm. a big reason that I decided to go into dietetics to make that change and be that voice. Mm-hmm. So when I got into pageantry, I made a commitment to myself that I would do it without dieting. I would exercise to keep myself sane, but I would not follow any strict dieting program or make myself feel deprived for the purpose of a pageant. Because to me, that defeats the purpose. A pageant mm-hmm is meant to build the best version of yourself. And if you're constantly comparing your bodies to others, if you don't feel well because you're hungry or if you feel guilt because you're overeating, all of these things really steer you away from finding the best version of yourself. So I've made a commitment to be an example to other young women and say, hey, show up in the body you have and be the kind of person who deserves the title and who can carry the title. So for me... That's the commitment I've made and the example I hope to set. And something I love about the Miss Earth pageant, they accept people of all different body types. I mean, even just the friends I made, short, tall, all different shapes and sizes, we're all accepted. We're all friends. And it's they give us the chance to get to know everyone in advance. And so you come in, you're already friends, you're already being supportive of each other. And I think that's a big reason I fell in love with the pageant was that level of acceptance. Do you stay in touch with people long after your pageant days are over? I'm curious. Do they have like a, what is she doing now <laughs> community? Um, you know, I don't know if we do reunions or anything. I haven't been in the game long enough to know that, but yeah. I definitely chat with my pageant girlfriends all the time with my sister Queens, with people who I've met through pageantry. They're some of my best friends because they're just the kind of women that you want to be around. They all have a purpose. They, they all have a cause. And mm-hmm. it's just a really inspiring group of women to be around. Well, I know uh, throughout history, many um, of different pageants, have, uh, queens, have gone on to be very successful entrepreneurs and do some pretty amazing things, um, starting with the great late Bess Meyerson in New York State, where I am, who uh, went on to serve in the government. And it, I mean, really... Uh, amazing things. So, um, I agree. Uh, it's, it's, I think it'd be nice to to kind of see what they're all doing. It'd be nice to create that, uh, reunion. Um, you know, another thing is obviously there's a big push. You you still have the bikini con, the swimsuit contest, which I kind of go, but there's also the talent contest. Um, with, with, with something like Miss Earth, do you have to create like your, purposeful platform for that? Do you have to come up with a plan or some kind of a statement on why you want to serve the earth? I'm, I'm curious about that because I've, I've watched a lot of pageants growing up. Mm-hmm. Usually, usually they don't have something like that, which is why I'm asking. 
Yes. So we actually, we don't have a talent portion in Miss Earth. We are judged instead of talent on our commitment to our platforms. Mm -hmm. So everyone who goes onto the stage has a pre-established environmental platform and they have organized, I mean, at a minimum, one service project for their community. They've created one educational video and they've pushed out a certain amount of education on social media as well. So you really have to be committed because that is a big portion of your scoring. So we're not here to mess around. We're here to build, like truly build environmental advocates who are active. Well, I think that's great. Now, my listeners are women more or less 35 and up. Um, for someone who is thinking I'd like to be more proactive in my community, doing something to be uh, supportive of the climate, what are some community activities that you would suggest thinking that we all come from different areas, some rural, some suburban, some urban? Well, so the biggest thing I can say for women out there, um, especially the moms out there, mm-hmm. um, educate yourselves to the extent that you can model a sustainable life child or a sustainable lifestyle to your children, kind of mm-hmm. just as a way of life that they grow up with. Like teach them to recycle or compost in the household. Start a garden. That's something mm-hmm. that gets you out in the fresh air and you know really connects you to the earth. Um, make walking or biking the first choice whenever possible if you're going somewhere in your neighborhood. Um, read books with your kids about wild animals. Um, teach them to turn the lights off. You know, it's just all of the little things that build into lifelong habits because the next generation is going to need to be armed with those things when they inherit this climate crisis. Um, yeah, and it is a climate crisis. I mean, it seems like every month there's been a crisis. Right now, the climate crisis has kind of evolved into a, a health crisis, which mm-hmm. is really sad, And but almost was inevitable, I hate to say, but almost in, inevitable. Um, I think it's important. And, you know, it's little things like... Um, you know, where I live, Libby, you cannot use plastic bags at the shopping, at the grocery store. So learn to carry tote bags in your car or on your bicycle or on your public transportation, always good, um, to bring your groceries home in. Uh, Use less plastic. Now, the challenge there is, this is true, you go to the supermarket and while you're required to carry a tote bag, almost 80% 80% of the products are in plastic still. Right. So I'm still trying to figure out how we're going to deal with that. Right. Yeah. So, and I love that you brought that up because one of my biggest requests for anyone in the world is just please ditch single use plastics. And if you can, to the extent you can package products in general, um, cause changing your purchasing habits alone, that can have a huge, huge, huge impact, um, on the amount of waste that we produce and the amount of carbon that we emit into our environment. It sounds like kind of a tall order to change your entire purchasing habit, but it's a lot easier than you think because it turns out if you just Google sustainable and then whatever you're looking for, beauty products, clothing, kitchenware, whatever, there is a better option for everything out there. Exactly. And and look and really look hard at packaging because one of the great um you know, problems is the packaging. And if it's not reusable um, or sustainable packaging, it goes into landfill or worse mm-hmm. trash and it breaks my heart. And, and, and do not litter. Don't, don't even waste your time chewing gum. I mean, you know, do you know in Singapore it's illegal? I think it's still legal to chew gum and, 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 and I mean, <laughs> dump gum. Um, and it's little things like that. Um, turning off the lights, 
Um, you know, we're in a, during this pandemic, there's a toilet paper shortage. I'll confess I'm an overuser of toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. That's one I still need to figure out a solution for. I'm not entirely bought into the, the toilet paper sustainable. <laughs> but you know, because we're trying to, I hate to say the word ration, but we're trying to be rational about how we use yeah. products right now to stretch everything out. I have become more cognizant about how much toilet paper I yank off the roll and, 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 and using rags. I've been Another thing I like to do, another tip I'm going to share is I've taken all my T-shirts because I'm trying to also downsize mm-hmm. my wardrobe and repurpose stuff. I cut up my T-shirts that I really don't care about anymore, and I use them as rags. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's great because, you know, another thing that people don't realize is most of the things that you're tired of, be it clothes, be it, you know, the bedside table that you just – you want an updated one – Anything that you're tired of, please donate it because mm-hmm. that can be repurposed instead of creating more objects that go into our supply chain. Because like you said, trash is going to get out there. Our landfills are going to fill up. Um, if you throw your trash on the ground, I am probably the one out there picking it up for you after the fact. So I'm like know. that too. If I see somebody littering, I will go over there and fuss at them. Oh, Okay. I was like, you just littered. Now that's pretty risky because they could be like, and I'm going to beat you up. But I've done that before. Um, you know, I mean, I'm like, I'm, and I'm constantly the person at the supermarket, particularly right now, where if I see you handling the fruits and vegetables in what I consider an unsanitary way, like with your bare hands, and mm-hmm. I, I'm like, excuse me, but be considerate. <laughs> I mean, you know, be considerate. So that's another thing. Be considerate. We all need to be kinder to the earth. Because it's the only one we have. And once this earth is gone, we're doomed, right? Mm -hmm. And I think at the end of the day, the earth is far more forgiving than we deserve. And it's way more resilient than we even recognize, Mm -hmm. uh, which says a lot about how we're treating it. I agree because, um, as I said, I do a lot of work in the wine and food world and we interview in my other show, The Connected Table Live, we interview wine producers who have been suffering over this period of time. Um, And it's spring right now and and it's bud break. It's bud break also for the flowers around the United States. And and of course, there's already been blooming in Texas. But that sense of renewal is so important for our psycho- uh, psychological well-being that, you know, as harsh as winter is, as harsh as things may be for people, as beautiful as the signs of spring and renewal when things start to grow again. And, and that it's like little, you know, buds are babies. You want to respect them and nurture them so they can, you know, grow and flourish. So it's a, yeah, the, the earth is a gift that keeps on giving, but we have to treat it well, right? We do. And, and that's something that my favorite restoration projects or my favorite environmental projects um, are, you know, they're muddy, they're dirty. You know, you're in the marshland, you're dealing with aquatic life. I really think that encouraging people to get out there, get dirty and hands-on participate in eco-friendly activities, that's the stuff where you put in that effort and you get to look back and say, wow, I did that. I changed that. It was fun. It was messy. And we made something beautiful of it. So just like you're saying with the renewal, I think the more active we are in that process and the more hands are we on, the the more we eventually respect the earth and we stop taking it for granted because we contributed to it. Exactly. And I think that's such a great way to, to end our conversation. It, it's like you want to have clean living, get dirty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> go on down, get dirty because it's good for clean living. Well, again, Libby Hill, 
congratulations. Um, you can follow Libby uh, on social at Libby B. Hill and also check out more about Miss Earth USA at Miss Earth USA. Um, and uh, for anyone who wants to enter the pageant, is there, a, there's a, is there an apply now? I see an apply now on the button. Is that for scholarships or for entering a pageant? That is for entering the pageant. So the Miss Earth mm-hmm. USA website is MissEarthUSA.com, but you can also get linked there through the social media if that's easier. So, you know, again, I call them purpose pageants. They um, develop wonderful, beautiful, purposeful women who can help inspire others to be that way too, like Libby Hill. So thank you for joining me on Fearless, Fabulous You. Thank you so much. Y'all have a wonderful Earth Day. Absolutely. Uh, you are listening to Fearless Fabulous You on the Women for Women Network podcast to iHeartRadio. Uh, we're going to take a short break and then we're going to have another uh, visit with a woman that's doing something very interesting with what she finds in the earth. We'll be right back. I want the power, I want to live I worked hard and sacrificed to get what I get Ladies, it ain't easy being independent Question, how'd you like this knowledge that I brought? Bragging on that cash that he gave you as the front If you're gonna brag, make sure it's your money in front Depend on no one else to give you what you want Shoes on my feet I'm not Clothes I'm wearing I'm not The rocks on my We're back. You're listening to Fearless Fabulous You. This is my Celebrate the Earth show for Earth Day, the 50th anniversary of Earth Day. What are we doing? We need to take better care of the Earth, right? We got to respect Mother Nature. She is your mama, too. Um, so we just talked to Miss the reigning Miss Earth USA, Libby Hill. Really wonderful woman. Beautiful, stunning, in, inside and out. Now we're going to switch gears, and we're also going to talk about respecting the earth in a different way with uh, uh, someone who makes the most beautiful jewelry. I, I, I'm holding mine in my hand. And what's special about it is David and I go to Hawaii. Uh, we try to go every year, maybe not this year, but we usually go to Hawaii. And it, there's so many beautiful memories for us there uh, and the islands we visit, notably Maui and Kauai. And um, when I learned about Holly Daniels Christensen and her line of experiential jewelry called dune jewelry um i wanted to get one to see for myself what it was like and this is so interesting first of all i'm going to introduce her so she can talk about it but this is a second career so i first want to say that my guest who has launched this beautiful line of um earth friendly earth respectful jewelry it was her second career she started with one and this was like a, a kitchen kitchen table hobby that turned into a business. So if you're thinking about turning a kitchen table hobby into a business, you're going to love this segment. 
Um, Holly Daniels Christensen is CEO and founder of Dune Jewelry. As I said, she calls it experiential jewelry, but she started in real estate. We're going to start with one welcoming Holly to the show. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Holly, um, I kind of set this up. You were working in real estate and then you started a hobby. First of all, where are you and what were you doing and how long have you been working in real estate? Tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. Well, I live just outside of Boston, Massachusetts. I grew up Mm -hmm. on Cape Cod Mm -hmm. and it's funny how you mentioned that I, you know, I had one career before I started my small business. And um, the truth of the matter is I have had a lot of not necessarily careers, but, um, but jobs. I started working when I was 11 years old in a Mm. zoo and I have had jobs ever since um, uh, during summer break, after school, on the weekends. And I've lived independently since I was 15 years old. Good for Um, you. So I, Really, yeah. <laughs> so I really have kind of I've learned a, a lot of skills over the years um, from working under other people and kind of taking their managerial and management and leadership skills um, forward into my um, my real career, the real career as a real estate um, salesperson, mm-hmm. and now into the CEO um, of Dune Jewelry. Now, are you still doing real estate still, or did you? move away from that to be full-time. No. Yeah, so, I, I, yeah, I started the company, um, formally launched uh, Dune Jewelry in 2010, September 28, 2010. Mm-hmm. And I actually worked in real estate all the way through till 2013 to fund the business. We're a bootstrap business, a kitchen right. table entrepreneur. And, uh, and so I did need to um, continue making that income while I fed the business. Um, financially. And then it just became too much. And I remember my husband one day just saying, Hey, (laughs) you need to make a choice because this is, this is insane. At that point I had a one-year-old child as well. Um, So it was, it was getting really difficult really quickly. So I made the jump and uh, fast forward nine years, I've got 28 full-time employees. That's amazing. But I think it's important to to point out that Often to get to that level where you are, you do have to have a main job to get your side gig going. And and it's going to be tough. I mean, I I will tell anybody, uh, if you have an idea want to launch a business, don't give up your day job just yet. You are so correct. (laughs) And I can say that because I did. (laughs) And I would never do it again. (laughs) So um, so definitely don't give up your day job. Keep it as much as you don't want to, but it's your security net because you will never have enough money when you're launching to go where you want. It it is a big challenge and you've got to be very on it. But congratulations. I mean, you just said you've got uh, several employees and that's amazing. Um, I'm curious. Well, first of all, let's talk about what dune jewelry is the why behind it i always like to say not the what but the why absolutely well dune jewelry started out as kind of the original beach sand jewelry company and what that means is i was working at my kitchen table making jewelry uh, for friends and family using sand from cape cod different beaches on cape cod and every time I would see the, the friends and family, they'd be wearing it and they'd say, hey, by the way, can you, I just have a little pinch of sand from Aruba that I brought back um, 
from our honeymoon. Would you be able to make something out of that? The answer was always yes. I just came back from the Outer Banks. Would you be able to make something with crushed shells from the Outer Banks? Absolutely. And so it was just kind of listening to my friends and family that sparked the thought that, wow, this is an actual, a a great idea in the sense of the custom personalized nature of it, because everybody has a memory or an aspiration of travel that they want to be able to hold on to forever, right? It's like a tangible reminder of your, your best days, your best adventures. We're always, um, I'm a big traveler um, and travel the world. And they always say, you know, take pictures, leave footprints, right? So I've never bought yeah. a lot of souvenirs, but I've always wanted to take sh- a shell or a little bit of sand. Um, I visit a lot of vineyards and uh, soil is a very big deal in the world of vineyards. Yeah. So we're always getting little pieces of soil. Uh, it's kind of interesting. And um and have them. And what you do with this, which is so stunning, is you, you create these keepsake, beautiful pieces of jewelry. I mean, really beautiful. Um, I have a bracelet thank, thank with, with Hawaii yeah, sorry, sand. Sorry, you asked me what I did, and I just yeah. totally skipped over that part. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the joy. So it's jewelry. <laughs> and and yeah. what, what woman doesn't love jewelry? <laughs> and yeah. you have an interesting. You have an interesting quote in your website. Uh, my belief is that the value of joy lies in its sentimental and emotional worth. And I agree with that because um, I have a very sentimental connection with jewelry um, for every birthday since my age of 18. So that's a lot of birthdays. My parents and now my mother, because my father's deceased, gave me a piece of jewelry. And I can tell you, yeah, I can tell you, with each piece, how old I was, because I also keep a diary of my birthday, which happens to be New Year's, and I, every piece of jewelry reminds me of that year and that year of my life. It's very powerful connection. So when I requested and I said I wanted to do the sands of Hawaii, it was important to me because I've often gone out there to heal and to restore myself with my husband, David. And, 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 and I love the fact that you're able to customize yeah, I mean, it, that's really the most important thing, right? I mean, your, what you just said about um, the pieces of jewelry, jewelry you've received over the years, every single one of those pieces has a story for you um, and, and has a sentimental value uh, to you. And I think the reason that Dune has become so popular is because this, um, this allows you to customize, I mean, we have people send in flowers from their wedding, flowers from funerals. Um, we've used ashes uh, in our pieces. We've, and that's, that's why we've gone from the original Beach Sand Jewelry Company to the one and only experiential jewelry company because essentially we capture experiences in every single piece of jewelry and accessory that goes out of our studio, um, which is really where that sentiment comes from. I think that's interesting, Holly, because I have a very good friend in uh, Spain and she was very close to her mother who died of breast cancer. And when her mother was cremated, she actually had a ring made that contained some of her mother's ashes to wear on her ring finger. Yeah. So that she can have her mother with her. Yeah. uh, We do, we do um, in memoriam pieces, probably at least four or five per week. Wow. um, Where people send us that, that element. Um, So the ashes, so, uh, because not only do we have this, what we call it the sand bank, where we have over 4,500 sands and elements from all over the world, 
um, mm-hmm. stored in little jars in our studio, but people can also send in their own elements. Um, so that's, uh, that's been an interesting journey too, is collecting and cataloging all of these, these natural elements from, well, I want to ask you about that. I want to ask you because I I was, when I, when I went to the website, um, and went on to look at the different pieces, I went to the, I went to the bank and I, I was blown away (laughs) by how vast it is. And it's not just sand, there are stones there um, are shells. There's, um, uh, I mean, the shells really struck me. There, there are, you know, because I saw, I think there was a lobster shell. And there. there was something that just really, like, spoke to me. But it's from around the world. Where, how do you get all these, this, you know, how do you source everything? That's, yeah, it's such a, such a good question. In the beginning, I would, it, it was all fun and games in the beginning, I'll tell you. I was like, I just would get in the car and go on little road trips and go, I call the town hall. I say, "Hey, I have this jewelry company. I make it out of sand. Can I take um, one cup of sand? Because one cup makes upwards to twelve hundred pieces of jewelry. Because we're really? very, very conservative. Number wow. one, number two, we donate back to coastal preservation. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of our artists know that it's it's just a few grains of sand um, for every for every design, and we're very careful about that. And they would say, "Yeah, no problem, as long as you're not filling up your." sandbox or anything crazy and um and that was it it was really easy peasy and fun but now obviously i haven't been to all 4500 um locations number one i'm running a a full-time business um and number two i have two little girls so Mm -hmm. i'm not traveling as much as i would like to so our customers started sending it in for their own custom pieces of jewelry Hmm. and the great thing about that is they're sending it in for their own designs and they're sending in stories and photos and, um, and also it's for them. So it kind of authenticates what they're sending in. Like they're not going to send sand from Iceland and tell me it's from Fiji because what point would that be when it's their own tangible reminder, you know, memory that they're creating. Mm-hmm. Um, so we take the sand in, we clean it uh, to USDA regulations. Um, and then we kind of fact check it next to other sands in that, um, in that locale. And then it goes into our sand bank. Like you can tell if someone scoops a cup of sand from Sedona, Arizona, or um, maybe the Hollywood hiking trail. Like it's very distinct how different sands are around the world. Very much so. And again, I spend a lot of time looking at soil because of vineyards. So I, I can attest to that. I'm, I'm on one of the, uh, and again, we're talking about dunejewelry.com. I'm on the one uh, bank section called Nature Bank, and just to give yeah. my listeners an idea, um, there's sand from the Arabian Desert in Dubai. There's sand from Armenian Sisters Br- Academy Brick in Lexington, Massachusetts. There's uh, a, the wow. Badlands in South Dakota, and then there's Azalea Purple Flower Petals. Um, I love the Black Eyed Susan Flower Petals, and then this one, the Berlin Wall. The Berlin Wall. Oh my God. The Berlin Wall. <laughs> oh, and then so Cape cool. Evans in Antarctica. Like, who went to Ross Island yeah. in Antarctica? <laughs> yeah, that was a customer years ago. I, oh I want to say maybe three or four years ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, sent it in, and I can't remember the exact story, but there was a whole story attached to it that we probably have archived somewhere. Um, and it's just the most interesting thing is to hear the stories about why they went or why a place is special to them or been really, really interesting people out there doing amazing things. A lot of it is attached to 
um, uh, to aid work in different parts of the, of the world. Um, obviously, a lot of it is happy memories, honeymoons, and um, family vacations and things like that as well. But, I mean, the stories get very, very um, deep as time goes on is what I'm noticing. So, um, first of all, this is an Earth Show Day. And I think, you know, for my listeners out there, if you really want to understand why it's important to respect the Earth, you should go to one of uh, Dune Jewelry's banks, click the bank section, and just scroll through and see all the amazing, beautiful, varied sand and soil and shells and flowers that are part of this Earth around the world. And you'll realize we don't want to lose that, right? No. Absolutely. I always say that um, the earth gives us the most vast and colorful and textured um, palette that, that you could ever ask for as an artist. I mean, there's pink sand from Bermuda and mm-hmm. black sand from Iceland and shells. I mean, my goodness, abalone shell, mother of pearl, just these beautiful iridescent gems of the ocean. It's, it's truly amazing. Well, um, you know, I, I could get lost in this because I, I love earth. I, I, when I travel, like I said, I, I'm always looking at not only the earth, but trees and leaves. And, you know, I, the, I, I travel with all four senses. I always have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very, very important to me. And I love the way you've managed to capture this. Are you planning to, um, add other dimensions to this. Um, I mean, right now you've got, you've got rings, you've got cuffs, you've got earrings, you've got necklaces. Are you planning to do other things as you grow the company or are you going to stay as about where you are? So as you, as you were talking about, um, the, the wineries or the Mm -hmm. vineyards, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, I was thinking we need to get Melanie a wine stopper because we have wine stoppers. Oh, really? Where we could fill it with the yeah, we could fill it with the um, the soil. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. So we we're working on picture frames. We have um, ornaments that people either hang in their window or hang on a Christmas tree. I mean, we've definitely got some other kind of keepsake items that we're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you and I had talked before um, COVID nineteen. I would be like, yes, we're going to grow. We're going to We're going to be mm-hmm. household name. Like I want to share this, this art form with the world and, and so on and so forth. But I think perspective for everyone is starting to change a little bit mm-hmm. during this time. You know, we, we've been kind of on uh, not mandatory lockdown, but we've been self quarantining myself yeah. and my team members um, for for quite a few weeks now. So right. I'm back to making jewelry at the kitchen table right here in my house um, so that we can still fulfill orders. And, um, and my team members are doing the same thing, but um, sorry, that kind of, I went in, in a loop there, but I think that this kind of slowdown of humanity and this, mm-hmm. this collective deep breath, um, we will always be growing and sharing Dune with the world for sure and adding to our lineup but for me this has kind of made me take a step back and say you know what I want to go a little bit slower I want to be a little more purposeful I want to I want to make sure that everything that we're doing makes sense makes sense for the earth makes sense for the business um even design sense I mean I'm self-taught so I've learned a lot as a designer over the years but really just take a step back and make sure that 
everything we're doing is is just all makes sense. Well, I think everybody's doing that. I mean, I, I talk to a lot of people, both through this show, my other show, all the communities I'm on. Uh, as a writer, we're all taking um, a step back and taking we're taking a deep breath and a step back. And I think if, if there's a gift from all of this and a learning experience, which is to me a gift, it's that we are all going to, one, appreciate the earth and how we treat it and respect mm-hmm. it. Because this really started as an, it's an, it was an environmental situation um, because of, you know, something that happened uh, in a wet market. People were, you know, it started with, you know, eating the wrong type of things. I mean, you don't eat bats. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, it, it became an environmental problem and, and it, now it's a major health crisis and, and thus now a business crisis because, you know, at the time of this recording, the shit, talking to you, we're at, you know, stratospheric unemployment and businesses are suffering. However... I think that what is well wonderful about America and the world, but particularly Americans, we really, you know, we really know how to refigure and rework things um, to make commerce work for the common good. And there will be more kitchen table entrepreneurs like you sitting down and saying, this is the time to start the fill in the blank that I've always said I'm too busy to do. Mm hmm. Absolutely. I, I think you're 100% right. And I think people's perspective is changing, not dramatically. I mean, some people dramatically, hopefully, hopefully. Um, but even just just a little bit, just a little change in perspective and what's to clarify what's important and what um, mm-hmm. how we want to live after this. Right. Exactly. And hopefully with, you know, more respect for the earth, more respect for health, more respect for each other, giving each other more space, giving each other, treating each other with more kindness and, you know, slowing down. We were all going too fast. We were all going too fast. I, you know, even I, who had a setback years ago with cancer and came out of that with that whole Everything I'm saying now, I said then. And then you get caught up in things. And you got to you right. know, take steps back. Right, and then you find back. yourself racing around again. Exactly. And I was, frankly, doing that as well. So, you know, um, yeah, that's that's what we're going to take away from all this. You know, the good thing is um, you, you create something that has an emotional connection to it. And I also believe that the most the most successful businesses that will continue to endure will be businesses that satisfy a critical need in the in society whether it's healthcare whether it's learning to be financially uh, self-sufficient whether it's education whether it's learning to communicate with each other and connect effectively and another one is creating a powerful sense of self-worth and emotional connection and a sense of well-being everybody i've communicated with via the internet and social media has said the one thing they all wish they could have right now is a hug because we can't touch it you know you know and and, i mean you know there are a lot of people who are alone out there so creating something beautiful that gives someone a feeling of specialness that also respects the earth is a win-win and you're doing that and, and also giving back. So your business will endure. Uh, many businesses will, many people will, but we will all be working in a different way and hopefully a more respectful way when it comes to 
the earth. Um, Holly, I want to congratulate you on, you know, following your, your passion. And I hope those listening know that it is possible. It takes focus and hard work. Don't necessarily give up your day job, but eventually you can do it. And, um, I'd love to take, I I love that you're self-taught. I've always wanted to learn how to make jewelry because I love jewelry so much. So I'm very impressed by that. Oh, you should, you should even just a couple of classes. Um, Uh Where are you located? I'm in the Hudson Valley. There's actually a school that teaches jewelry making SUNY New Paltz. So I'm, I'm considering um, auditing it since I can't, I don't have the money for tuition, but as a someone yeah. in their 60s, in her 60s, I can, I can get away with auditing stuff now. I love yeah. it. <laughs> you can I do a lot that. when you get older. You just have to remember that. There's so many opportunities when you're older. Um, anyway, we've been speaking with Holly Daniels Christensen, CEO and founder of Dune Jewelry, this exceptionally beautiful jewelry made from treasures of the earth. You can learn more at dunejewelry.com. I wish you all the best on this Earth Day and for the future moving forward. Thank you for joining me on Fearless Fabulous You. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And for all of you listening, I hope you've been inspired to go out and Hug a tree, embrace the earth, follow your passion, <laughs> follow your passion and purpose, and be kind. Thank you for joining me on Fearless Fabulous You. Oh,